Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. All right, Viva Las Vegas. Sports animals are back on ESPN Honolulu. And look, Sports Stan is in the house. Stan Mahalon is in the house. Good man. Yeah. All right. There you go, Sports Stan. All right. Looking good, too. Looking trim. Looking fit. Looking like a champ. Uh, thanks to David Sir for stopping by. If you need to buy some real estate in Las Vegas, uh, see David Sir. Go to one of his seminars. I like that. Yep. We have two friends here in Las Vegas now. Two. All right. It's a record for us. All right. All right. Having a good time. It's uh, game day for the Rainbow Wahine. They'll be on national TV. Good for the sport. Good for the Rainbow Wahine taking on Long Beach State. And then Sunday, they play San Diego. So let's go, Bows. I think it's tomorrow. I think Saturday, Friday and Saturday matches, if I'm not mistaken, for them. You are the mistaken. It's Friday and Sunday. Oh, you could be right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's on the road, so it'll be a Saturday back-to-back match. And yeah, that's uh, how they do. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Long Beach State team that Hawaii has had a good, a good uh, win-loss record in recent years, but it is at the Pyramid. Tiff Wells talking about it yesterday. Uh, difficult place on the road if there is such a thing in the Big West. They do have some fan support there. But I think for Hawaii to kind of continue the momentum they started in conference play with that sweep last week and rather easy sweeps, uh, against their two opponents in uh, CSU Bakersfield mm. and CSUN. you got to do it again to maintain first place and to keep your strength of schedule, your RPI. Again, you're looking at the small picture of winning every Big West match, yes, but you're also looking at maybe seeding come late November, early December for the NCAA, and you can't afford a letdown in these games. Cool. Okay, yeah, I apologize. It's Friday and Saturday. But uh, so uh, tonight's game... If you can't catch it on ESPNU, uh, you can hear it on CBS 1500 uh, tonight and then uh, back to the mothership on Saturday on ESPN Honolulu. Let's go, Bows. All right. The Rainbow Wahine soccer team with a win last night is in first place in the Big West. Yeah, this is great. I mean, it's still rather early in the conference season, but for them to be trailing one nothing at halftime, and remember they did uh, get shut out last Sunday, 1-0 to Riverside, and then they come with four goals in the second half. Amber Gilbert with two goals six minutes apart. Uh, this team has really scored in bunches at times this year. We've seen a couple of high-scoring games with their offense really becoming a, a force. And last night it was, again, to improve to 3-3-3 three, three, and three overall, but more importantly, 2-1-1 one, and one, and those seven points in the Big West. Yeah, so first place in Big West standings. Hey, better be – it better be – I know it's early, but better – it's nice being in first place rather than last place. You get a little bit of a cushion. Not that uh, Coach was going to look at it that way, but they're in a good position right now overall. I think they've been playing improved soccer this year. Their record's been pretty good. They haven't really had a bad loss, uh, and it looks like they're starting to maybe reach their peak, which is the perfect time to do it as you're heading kind of the midpoint of conference play soon. All right, yeah, so like you said, um, let's see, all of the goals in the second half for the Rainbow Wahine. You mentioned Amber Gilbert with her two goals. We should also 
Uh, give a shout-out to Nicole Ando and Eliza Amendolia. Uh, they also uh, scored as well. So next up for the Rainbow Wahine, it's not going to be easy. Defending Big West champions UC Irvine. Kickoff is 4 o'clock. And that one's on Sunday. That's on Sunday in YPO. They have the home field. Hopefully some fans will show up. And it looks like the crowds have been getting bigger from everything I've heard. And an, an important match, because you're talking about last year's champion, that would go a long way. It's a home match, so you're expected to win. But that would really uh, maybe give them a little bit more separation in uh, the standings. When you say it's a home match, you're expected to win. We're playing the UC Irvine. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. All We're right. really good. All right. Hey. I have confidence in our team, Chris. All right. You know, and uh, we just found out, this is a, a note just being handed to me, that the first 100 in attendance will get an autograph from Hazy the Wonder Dog. I wouldn't want to be 101st. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine how upset they're going to be? <laughs> yeah. Come on, dog. Give me one more paw print. Come on. Yeah, Hazy, the unofficial official mascot there. And, uh, hey, hey. She's the difference maker, apparently, in this team this year. It is. Hazy the Wonder Dog. you got to do it. Congratulations uh, once again, uh, uh, Coach Bud and uh, the rest of the team. Good job. We're so proud. Yeah. So proud. All right, let's see here. Uh, we'll get to UH football in a second. Mark Veneri is going to join us later on this hour. Uh, you know, oh, hey, if you're a golfer or a golf fan, uh, luckily because of the time difference, we didn't probably witness this. But the U.S. got clobbered yesterday in the first day of the Ryder Cup. In Rome. and Well, uh, they always get clobbered on the road to Europe. But, I mean, they not clobbered, but they, I don't know. What has it been, 30 years or something since they've won in Europe? But, my gosh, 40 to nothing. It was We ran into a buzzsaw. That is, and that we're, us being in Vegas, I guess you could say Europe covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A anyway, you know what? We're going to have Ryder Cup updates. You probably heard them uh, last hour. And uh, we've got one coming up here in about, oh, I don't know, eight minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. So very good. Also, uh, Rainbow Warriors, did you know they're taking on UNLV in football tomorrow? I heard rumors about it, and uh, you can see the crowds building here at the Cal. Every day we've been here, more and more fans walking by with the UH shirts and apparel. Even a big hat the other day that looked pretty cool. And uh, starts conference play for <laughs> a Hawaii. Hat. A big hat that looked pretty cool. It did. You know, the, 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 Describe this big hat okay. you're talking about. It was a hat. We saw a big hat. It was a hat that is rather large. It's the UH logo. You probably saw them come out about a year or so ago where a lot of fans started wearing them. And the family it's saw It's a big you. hat with the UH logo. You, it's an oversized hat. Which would be a Picture a large bucket on top of someone's head in the shape of a baseball cap. You see? See how I described it? You have a large bucket? Just, Are you kidding me? It's like a big umbrella on your head shaped like a baseball cap. They have them on sale on the mezzanine level. And uh, Tupu was the model uh, who was modeling one yesterday. He was very proud oh, of it. Oh, I didn't know they had them upstairs. I'm just telling people that they are. Okay. and uh, They have hats. They have all kinds of... They don't of have those hats upstairs, I don't think. Yes, they do, Gary. Would you like to bet $100? <laughs> okay. okay. He said okay. He'll bet $100. Keegan, go take a, Keegan, go take a shot. On go take a picture I'd like of it. to bet $100 on Blackjack. Then I'll be like Chris Hart every night. All right. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, the hat so is the, big. Uh -huh. uh, again, this game 
I, I mean, every game is an important game. Every game is not really a must-win. And this isn't a must-win game. Yes, it is. Every game is a must-win game. If you look at it that way, but it's not a must-win game as far as determining their their future. But it'll go a long way to helping their future as far as competing for the Mountain West, which I know is still a long ways away, but being bowl eligible, looking at everything as far as their goals. And Timmy Chang talked about it after the Mexico State game, how that was a must-win game to reach their goal of being bowl eligible. He knew that was important. Now you need to go five and three in conference. So if you want to do, if you're going to do that to be bowl eligible, you have to win at least one road game. Yeah. And this would be the nice time to win it, especially at the beginning. And hopefully they'll get the job done. I, I know UNLV is kind of overwhelming favorites. I still see 11 and a half of the point spread. And, you know, we, we, we saw Hawaii about maybe seven, eight years ago here, and they were 21, 22 point favorites against UNLV and lost the game. So, I mean, the point spreads are what they are, but it doesn't mean that UNLV will win, and I can understand why they're expected to win. I thought that point spread was a little high, but throw that out. This is a game where crazy things happen. I think the home field advantage that UNLV has joined, uh, enjoyed against Vanderbilt and others won't, won't be quite there the same way as it was. Hawaii fans hopefully can make a difference. And this team may be riding on that momentum and confidence from the second half last week. Hopefully can carry that over. Because, again, th- again, I don't think... I think it's a must-win, but it's, of course, an important game in conference, any game of conference is. But if they can steal one tomorrow, wow. I, I, one thing I think of is not only does it get their record off to a good starting conference, think about the fans that will probably show up at higher numbers next week against San Diego State as they might have been if they lost tomorrow. Yeah, and San Diego State's a name-brand opponent, so I imagine there's going to be more people there um, anyway, hopefully. I, I think of, you know what, to, number one, have your first road win – uh, for this uh, for this team, yes, is going that would be pretty special. And to win two in a row, and that one being on the road for the trophy, that is very cool. Thank you for uh, texting into the Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. And uh, uh, we got a picture of um, it says "Good morning, animals." Here's a picture of my wife Shelly Okubo wearing the huge hat at the football game. You see. It's a large, oversized hat. He just, called, he just called it a huge hat. I called it a big hat. See? Yeah. But anyway, thank you. For that. Uh, it's, it helps Gary be able to. Well, actually, you have seen it. Wait, then why did you send us a picture if we both know what it looks like? <laughs> anyway, Shelly Okubo got a shout out. And here comes Keegan back from the mezzanine level with the photo of the large hat from upstairs. He's got Chris a large Hart hat. just got $100. Well, you did? There's only one left. Oh, it's going like hotcakes. There were two when I came came down. Wow, the only one left. Uh, back to the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, w or L is really going to determine what type of uh, attendance UH gets for the next home game against San Diego State. That's funny. You guys said the same thing at the same time. It will really look sad on national TV if the stands are half full. Well, next week the game, I believe, is on the CBS uh, network. It's a 5 o'clock start for the home game. Oh, but nobody watches has that network, so it won't be that bad. They do. <laughs> but that's a good point, I guess. Uh, but, again, last week, you know, we still had the 8,000-plus or whatever it was. A uh, little bit better than they had against Albany. You know what? I'm, I'm in one side of the field. I imagine you're going to set up the cameras on the side where all the concrete is. I don't know what you call that. You, you know what I mean? Well, it'll be the mouth that's of the con- Yeah, because that's where all the camera towers are and stuff. Yeah. So it's the other side that – I mean, it looked full on that side of the stadium. On the other side, where the um, luxury boxes are, I'm using finger quotes, <laughs> the luxury boxes, 
are. It's that's the one where the fans don't show up as much. So hopefully, yeah, that's what the visiting team is. And uh, Tanner, thank you. Visiting for team's kind of in the corner, but yeah, it's their next game. But remember, next week they're actually on a bye. Then there'll be the next game they play. Will be on October eighth, I believe. Let me get the date here for the San Diego State game. San Diego, yeah. 14th. That'll, that'll be a week after this. So they do get their only bye of the season after tomorrow's game. And that'll be good if we've got guys who are still injured or guys who are trying. You know, even guys who are playing but they're a little banged up. Uh, that, that bye comes at a good time. I like where the bye is yeah, coming in. Yeah, almost at the midpoint. I think that would be ideal. You don't want to have it too early. You don't want to have it too late. Right. So if you could pick a spot, I think. And, it, again, when you're playing a San Diego State team, even though they might be a little bit down, there's still an opponent that has uh, been doing well against Hawaii in recent years with Coach Brady Hoke. So I think having an extra week to prepare will be good. All right, 808-296-1420, our number to call in here. And, uh, again, we'll talk to Mark Venerian coming up in a little bit. Get an update a little bit about uh, maybe Tylen Hines, if there is any news on him. Next hour, we're going to have Andy Yamashita from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. One thing we want, one of the things we really want to find out, if he can tell us, is who will be the starting quarterback for the Rebels tomorrow. Uh, I don't think he's going to know either. I don't know if they're – I don't think they're letting that – and they don't need to let that cat out of the bag. They don't need to, but there could – I mean, again, there could be some information because the shore isn't in the paper for the third day in a row in the sports section here, which is pretty decent size. Okay, so section. he's a writer for the newspaper, but yeah. he there's no, no... I don't... There might be stuff online, but I'm sure he'll report about the game after the game to, in Sunday's paper. But, yeah, nothing in today's paper about the running Rebels football team. There's a coverage of about everything else going on, but not about the football team, which I still find pretty amazing. But, I, I mean, he does cover them for the newspaper. Hey, so. you know what? Can we get Coach... Do you think you can text Coach Bud? See if she'll come on if she's awake. Not like now this second, but in our next break. Okay. Love to have her for a few minutes. Talk about her big victory. Sure. All right. That'd be great. Maybe Hazy's hanging out, too. Hey, oh, I'm sure Hazy would make an appearance, you know, for FaceTime. Do her on FaceTime. <laughs> it's a quarter after seven with the sports animals here. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Coming up in a second, we are going to uh, check out the, uh, we'll have a Ryder Cup update from Italy, you say, right, Gary? Rome. Rome. All well, right. It is Italy, so okay. yes. Okay. All right, that's coming up in a second here on ESPN Honolulu. We want to invite you to uh, Woodcraft Hawaii. Their vendor days continue. And uh, actually, this is the last week of vendor days. This week, you can save 10% off DeWalt Power Tools and 25% off accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. Coming up, uh, our Ryder Cup update. We'll check your traffic, too, and be back. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92. Mark Venere is going to join us in 15 minutes. We are efforting to get Coach Bud on the air. If anybody sees Coach Bud, uh, call in and win. We'll give away a prize to Michelle Nagamine. If free you're tickets. listening, we'll free tickets to soccer. How about that? Uh, we can give. Uh, we'll you know we'll give away a, a what Gary calls a a big hat. We'll give you a big hat if you call in. You're going to give it away? Yeah, we're going to give away the big hat right here on this show. I saw something that was cool. It's kind of a Life Matters moment. With uh, Let's do a Life Matters moment from Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and it involves Bryce Harper. Whether you like him or not, Bryce Harper, you probably saw this on the news. Okay, so uh, he, he, was, uh, he was trying to have a check swing. What am I trying to say? He went to go swing, and he checked his he swing. Checked swing. He checked his swing, and he the did. third base umpire... What's that? He, and he did check his swing, but Angel Hernandez. Right. Uh, a guy that I guess he doesn't like. Nobody likes him in the major league. Oh, okay. So anyway, so the guy said, oh, no, uh, I don't like you, so uh, that's one strike. Strike out. Bro. 
And then so he got mad and threw his helmet into the stands. Now, in the stands, you have a couple of grown men, two or three guys, fighting for this helmet. And then the dad who was there of of a kid, like a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, something like that anyway. So he tells him, hey, give it to the kid. He starts a chant, give it to the kid. And they're chanting, give it to the kid. And then 10 seconds later... The, the guys went, oh, yeah, we, we feel pretty stupid. Give the guy the, give the kid the helmet. So then, I don't know, the, the word, I guess, goes to Bryce Harper about the kid. And so they um, they get, I don't and I don't know how they do this. They contact the dad, the Phillies do. They contact the dad. Maybe, you know, you look at his seat and you can tell what his phone number would be to register them or something like that. So they contact the dad, and then they uh, have them bring the helmet you know, down to an area, five security guys take the helmet, and they come back with an autographed Bryce Harper batting helmet for the kid. It all turned out great, and it all turned out well, and that's a feel-good story, so we call that a Life Matters moment from Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Life Matters. And it was former Hawaii News Now sportscaster Taryn Hatcher who covers all the Philadelphia team. She's interviewing the young boy during the game right after it happened. And I think that kind of went a little viral there. And that's maybe how the Phillies found out who the kid was and everything. But she was interviewing him in the stands right after it happened. He said, oh, I knew okay. I couldn't catch it. So I just stood there. And then as you described the rest of it. Oh, the way the article read on ESPN.com, they, it was during the game they went down to give it. Oh, it was during the game, though. You're right. Oh, okay. But she's interviewing him during the game like an inning later. And that's, oh, I think, during the game. You just yeah. said after the game. So during the game, how do they find the dad's phone number to call him? That's what I want to know. I wonder if it had anything to do with the TV coverage. It might have been. I'm not sure, but I think right. that part made it a little bit easier, the fact that they had access and talking to this kid. Gotcha. But anyway, that was uh, that was a, a great story. Yeah, 10-year-old Hayden is, his, I don't know his last name, but that was yeah. a pretty cool story. And, you know, for Bryce Harper, give him credit, as you just said, because he's not in a good mood. And still he signs it and did all that. And I, I've witnessed him at a game where he was great with Mets fans who were heckling him the whole game. He has a bad rep or bad rap because uh, he looks like he's pretty animated. At or time, a rep. But he's been, he's been you don't good. have a bad rap. You get a bad rap. Ah. When you're wearing a big hat, you get a bad <laughs> rap. But I, I, I you have I, a reputation as kind of a hothead, which he is. Yeah, you're right, but I've seen him interact with fans in New York and even Philly two years ago I went to a game and he called the young kid down to the aisle to the front row just to give him an autograph because he was wearing a Bryce Har- Harper shirt. Oh, cool. The kid was too shy and he was sitting right, right near right. it. I thought that was a really cool gesture. And last night, though, well, that is a Life Matters moment. Yeah. That was great. And, and you know what? He's in the heat of battle. I mean, the guy is passionate. You know, it was cool that to me or for, you know, some people, I think it would be cool is he autographed the helmet, but he autographed it, but he writes, Philly, Philly. I don't know what that means. Is that a, some kind of battle cry for the, the, uh, the um, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Anyway, so Philly, Philly, and then and then he wrote uh, a scripture, a Bible verse on there. It was Luke, I think it was one thirty-seven, and then so you would look that up, and uh, I can't remember what that is, but it's something positive, like. You know, I, I can do everything uh, I didn't God. realize that. But I thought that was cool. That so. was really nice. And the unfortunate part is that that umpire, again, you know, I don't know too many umpires' names, but if you follow baseball, you know Angel Hernandez. And he has been accused by many major leaguers of holding a grudge. 
being a terrible, terrible umpire, and that was an awful, awful call last night. It wasn't even close. So I feel bad for Bryce Harper, even though he's kind of the rival of my teams when he was with Washington and now with Philly. But give him credit how he handled it. I thought that was a great gesture on his part, especially when he's not a, exactly a happy camper Yeah, at that point. And at least he calmed down. Like, after yeah. he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy another helmet, I guess, and uh, what he said. I don't think I'll have to buy one. But. Yeah. But that's what he's. That's what they said. He's. He's oh, gonna really? buy another one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Luke one thirty seven. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So that was the scripture he put. Uh, the verse he put on the helmet. So I thought that was cool. Anyway, uh, that was a feel good story we wanted to tell you about. Oh, also, you know what? Speaking of baseball, check this out. I think this is. is uh, I don't know, I call it breaking news, but it's breaking information that's interesting. Is for Major League Baseball. Um. Shohei Otani, I guess no, no uh, surprise. Shohei Otani has the top-selling jersey. Oh, not no surprise at all. I bought one of his jer- T-shirt jerseys back east, and they have him in Hawaii now too, where it's a T-shirt jersey, but on the back his name is in Japanese. Oh, that's nice. And I just brought one to a friend. But yeah, they're kind of cool. They sell them in Hawaii now too. I thought that was great. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. So Shohei Otani, number one selling jersey. Number two, Ronald Acuna, Acuna Jr. from the Braves. He'll be the MVP. Aaron Judge is number three. Fernando Tatis is number four. Mookie Betts of the Dodger is number five. Also, uh, in there, I guess in the top ten, uh, Jose Altuve, size small. <laughs> Julio Rodriguez. Matt Olson from the Braves. 54 homers. Wow. Alex Bregman uh, from uh, Houston. And Mike Trout. So there you go. They're your top ten selling jerseys in Major League Baseball. And two of those players haven't really played much in the number one and the number ten, Shohei and Trout. But we know they're very popular. We know they're both great, great players. So a lot of, some of those guys have an unbelievable year. They're Matt Olson coming out of nowhere, 136 RBIs and 54 home runs. See, but anytime that happens, don't you, like, since it's baseball, you go, oh, okay, he's on roids. Well, you know, that's a good point. I haven't heard it, but the thing is, he has never been a player who's had a year close to this. And he's been good. He was with Oakland before and has had some decent years. I don't know what his high home run total is for a year before this, but it's not. I don't think it's even in the mid-40s, if anything. So that's a good point. I'm sure some people might be bringing that up. And you would think those are MVP numbers, but with Ronald Acuna Jr. having 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases, the only major leaguer to ever do that, the 40-70 club has oh. been formed. Yeah. Uh, and with his batting average, uh, he, he will be the – clear favorite to win the MVP come November. All right. Uh, 808-296-1420 with the animals here. That's our Zephyr Insurance hotline. You can text in. We're live at the California Hotel and Casino and uh, getting ready for the Rainbow Warrior baseball game. If you're uh, here listening, and you might be listening in the parking lot or something, right, Gary? Of course. And uh, (laughs) uh, you can check out OB Golf. They've got their uh, polo shirts on sale here. Top quality polo shirts, and a lot of people are picking these up, and I imagine going to wear them to the game. But OB Golf, what? Excuse me, got a frog in my throat. <laughs> Wake up with warts on my tongue. Uh, OBGolfHawaii.com is where you can order online. If you're here at the Cal, they'll be here uh, next to our broadcast table uh, be, uh, during all of our local shows that are going to be on. Now, if you go online, you can either get the Brotherhood. Uh, the kind uh brotherhood polo or a espn honolulu polo they have a black and red one and kind of a white and gray one uh so check that out from ob golf live 
out of bounds. Shout out to Casey. Thank you for doubling up my coffee every morning over here. Yeah, we appreciate that. Coach Bud uh, just got back to us. He will be joining us about 8.05 a.m. All right, Coach Bud, just at the top of next hour. Uh, Mark Veneri is going to join us in just a few minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. I enjoy the uh, Honolulu Star advertiser on the day before the games uh, where they have the game day section. Yeah. And they kind of compare uh, University of Hawaii on offense, defense, and special teams. How do these teams match up? Well, we don't match up according to <laughs> this. And, and I can still, you know, it's no offense, but that's how most of the country would look at it. Yeah, and you, you can understand that with what UNLV has accomplished so far this season. Uh, but that's why you play the game. You know, it's not done on paper. But, yeah, they should have an edge in almost every area, at least on paper. Okay, so the, what, I, we, what Gary and I do, and I don't know, this is just something stupid that we do. We always check to see how big the offensive line is, don't yeah, we? That's always one of the first things, sure. Okay, so UNLV's offensive line, okay, their left tackle, 6'5", 330. Their left guard, this is left guard size, uh, 6'3", 350. The center is 6'4", 295. The right guard is 6'4", 305, and the right tackle is 6'5", 320. Beef. It's a good-sized offensive line, definitely. Uh, the center is the, I don't want to say the weak link, but the only one under 300. Right, but, uh, um, and they, you know what, and they've got, um, they're all juniors and seniors, too, on their offensive line. That's something to kind of uh, look out for. Now, in comparison, Hawaii's, um, going up against Hawaii's defense, um, let's see. Hawaii's defense goes 6'4", 290, 6'3", 240, and uh, 6'1", oh, sorry, that's middle linebacker. Oh, 6'3", um, 290, 6'4", 290, 6'3", 240. Speed. That, yeah, yeah. And, and again, or at they, least they, that's what we're going for. Yeah, and they, they again, if we look at UNLV, they've shown a lot early on this season, but we have seen teams – uh, in non-conference play around the whole country that can have a level of success or a level of struggle and turn it around in conference play. So, yeah, UNLV right now, pretty good team. Hawaii, a struggling team, even though they won the last game at 2-3. and three. I still think that this is this could be so, so different than what people are anticipating as far as whether the point spread or the favorite being at home. UH has not won a road game. At a certain point, they will win the first road game under Timmy Chang. Right. And no time like the present. Yeah, the... Um you know what I'm looking at, and I don't know if this is this isn't necessarily for sure who's going to start these games because they have Wyndon Ho'ohuli as the starting uh, edge rusher, and, and that's uh, Kahahavai Welch is usually there. So, and then you know what you're going to see guys like Sauce Williams play a lot of downs, and all these other yeah. guys getting in the game. But um, yeah, definitely UNLV. I don't know. It seems like everybody on the mainland has just beefy lines. Whether you're in the Mountain West Conference or the Big Ten or whatever. but What you just described a couple of minutes ago for UNLV, let's say seven, eight years ago, that would have been the biggest offensive line in the Mountain West easily. And one of the big, not maybe the bigger ones in the country, but the top schools would have size like that. Now, again, like you said, a lot of schools have that. You know what I just noticed is they have Luke Felix Fualalo uh, at right tackle and Kaena DeCambra at right guard. Kaena DeCambra was the right tackle uh, for the longest time. But, um, yeah, so our, our, our right tackle is 6'8", 310. Let's go. DeCambra, 6'3", 300. Tanuvasa, 6'2", 300. 
Uh, Muasau, 6 feet 310. We're getting smaller. Josh Atkins, 6'4", 290. But, um, wow, that's interesting. I wonder if that's – I wonder. I can't remember if that was uh, the case last week with um, uh, DeCambra playing guard instead of tackle. Maybe someone will text in at 808-296-1420. We're going to talk Rainbow Warrior football with our Rainbow Warrior color analyst, Mark Veneri. He's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we're here in Vegas. If you're back at home, you can catch UH football and NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl right there in Pearl City Shopping Center. They're open uh, 6 a.m., early 6 a.m. Sundays, showing all the NFL games. Now for Monday and Thursday night NFL football, got happy hour poo-poo from 4 to 7. And for Hawaii football games, an awesome menu. Check out the new video wall. You're going to love it. It's the place, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar, the place for UH, college, and NFL football. Marky Mark from the Veneri Bunch joining us now here. He's on his way to go, uh, Mark and John on their way to go over and talk to Coach Timmy, get some insight for his fans right now. He's on the phone with us on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. We just got um, actually got done talking with Timmy, so uh, it was good stuff. And what do you say? <laughs> that I got to feed the fifth on. <laughs> Okay. I, oh, I okay. Three to four. I have no, no. He just said um, you know, stuff to get ready for the game. game. Yeah, and he said it's you know it's a very big game, and you know for this football team to obviously come out with a win here in Vegas, but he he, he couldn't emphasize enough how how much it, how much this means to the program that um, getting a win here on, on Saturday uh, will really catapult this team moving forward. It sounded also, Mark, after you hear him after the New Mexico State game with that second-half turnaround, that he realized the importance of that game, and as you just mentioned, this game, that, that hopefully could be a turning point for the team this season with what they were able to accomplish, trailing by two touchdowns. It was interesting because when we spoke with him and we asked him the same question, uh, it, it really was a light bulb moment of realizing that, you know, there's things that they are out there that they can fix and get better, and, you know, just having that, guys been up to our full potential and we got to get out there and make sure that we make a difference because you know you, you could feel it slipping right you could feel that momentum slipping and then you, it's a tale of two halves you go out there shaker starts throwing the ball well they go to 10 personnel uh leaving out um grayson allen who has recently transferred morgan, or who has yeah. entered the transfer portal grayson morgan sorry um grayson morgan entering the portal but going to 10 personnel with quality shigaya slot uh, really changed the way Hawaii's offense was running. And, you know, once they did that, you could see it clicking. And then on the defensive side, I mean, 16 plays on 76 yards, I, I mean, you just don't hear that. And I was just in the meeting room with Jacob Yero when he said that, and he had a huge smile on his face because, you know, that that um, ensures that, you know, Hawaii's doing their job defensively. Wasn't a good week for Grayson. Grayson Morgan in the transfer portal. Grayson Allen did get traded, so Grayson's on the move. But yeah, it seemed go. like <laughs> it seemed like that move really. I mean, it wasn't just that move in the second half that turned things around. But we saw a little bit of a different, to say the least, a little bit of a different offensive flow with Kowali Nishigaya in there. Do you think when they play tomorrow, when Kowali gets even more playing time, that maybe the playbook will be expanded as far as maybe uh, different plays or maybe even more plays that we haven't seen in the first five games of the season with what they have now on offense I, I think you could see uh, a lot more I, I mean the slot is going to be moving forward um kind of that that staple point of the run and shoot that they've used so much 
um, you know, the, that you're going to be able to see. You're going to see that, you know, that Timmy used the, the, the check down in the running game, so multitude of backs in the backfield. But like you said, Gary, it, it allows Hawaii's offense to be a little bit more diverse, a little bit more creative because now you have a really good receiving core. Uh, receiving core. You know, Senecal is uh, not in the mix, but he's a, he's a second-string backup. Tomatoa Mokiao, Asimalala is a second-string guy. Now they can rotate guys in that slot position, those wide-out positions, and really keep fresh legs and still have consistent production. And I think that's uh, something that will allow Hawaii going to you know, your traditional four-wide set without the tight end will allow them to benefit offensively uh, moving forward. I expect Kuala Nishigaya, given what UNLV runs, I, I think our slot could definitely have a big game uh, against UNLV. Mark Veneri joining us on ESPN Honolulu Talking UH Football is brought to you by BMW of Honolulu, the ultimate driving machine. Mark, we have seen where UNLV's defense, their weakness, is the secondary. Uh, their pass defense is one of the worst in the country. Do you think Hawaii tries to expose that a little bit more or exploit that a little bit with their passing game and maybe some of those deep passes? And and, and you, you said it. You, you hit it right on the head. I think one of the things that um, UNLV likes to do is they're, I, I believe they're probably going to throw the kitchen sink at UH. You're going to see the three high looks that New Mexico State ran. You know, UNLV runs it a little bit. Um, you're going to see that three high look. You're going to see man coverage. You're going to see... A too high look. You're gonna, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Braden Sager, and moving moving forward, Braden Sager is going to see that um, because it, you can see his adjustment time is still being picked up with the run and shoot. But with this defense, or with the defenses that Hawaii are going to face, you're going to see a lot of defense being thrown at our Hawaii offense. And um, now it's just a matter of how quickly receivers can get on the same page with Braden Sager, how fast Braden Sager can make those reads. So. Um, that's kind of, uh, I guess, the recipe moving forward. But, you know, the secondary um, is where it can be tested. Hawaii, Hawaii can test them over the top. You'll see a lot of uh, a lot of things underneath the zones. And, you know, you hope, again, that, you know, that connection between receiver and quarterback will be on point. All right, on. Uh, look for some shaker bombs uh, tomorrow night. All right, <laughs> right? we got about we got about one minute before our Ryder Cup update. Go ahead, Gary. Last question, Mark. Let's talk about Hawaii on defense. Great job in the second half last week. They probably aren't aware which quarterback will start for UNLV. Brumfield or Mayava? Your thoughts on Hawaii's defense against that strong offense? Uh, I think Hawaii's defense will be prepared or a little banged up defensively, but you got players that are you know coming back to that could help us uh, fill in those necessary roles. Um, whether it be Jaden Mayava or Brumfield, I mean, it sounds like I, I think these guys are locked in, ready to go, and um, I think they're prepared either way, whoever uh, plays that quarterback comes Saturday. Well, can't wait for kickoff tomorrow. We'll hear you and John and uh, local time here in Vegas. It'll be about 12.50, 9.50 a.m. in Hawaii. And, uh, Mark, thanks for joining us. Can't wait for the game tomorrow and hopefully a victory. Yep, sounds good. I can't wait. Go Bows, and I'll see you guys a little bit later on. All right, brother. Mark Veneri there on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, it's brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. Yeah, and again, uh, the secondary of UNLV, a little suspect. We've seen that before, so hopefully Hawaii could do a good job against that, and especially with that expanded passing game with Nishigaya in there over Grayson Morgan. Nothing against him, but he wasn't a big part of the offense as far as you know getting targeted. Kowali has been, and I think we have him and Ashlock in there. Mm-hmm. Those two slots are really going to uh, pose problems for UNLV secondary. Yeah, interesting how uh, from the second half to, uh, you know, Probably what we're going to start this thing is, you know, having two true slot backs 
you know, having two wide outs and two slot backs like we're used to seeing instead of, uh, instead of like, you know, a, a, a tight end or an H-back or all of that. And really because, I mean, if you you got to get your best, best, best athletes got to be on the field. And especially the guys that understand the offense the most, you've you got to have Nishigai out there. It'd be great to see. I don't, I don't know if we got an update or maybe we'll see about Jonah Pinocchio. I don't see him on the depth chart, but he has hardly played this year, and he knows that offense as well as anybody as well. Sure, I know. And when he is healthy and he's out there, it just it looks it, – like I, I said it yesterday. You watch these guys play, and it just looks different yes. when those guys are out there. But anyway, uh, yep, it's going to be good fun. Catch the action here on ESPN Honolulu. Want to tell you about something going on at the Lookout Food and Drink right there in Waikai. Check it out for NFL football. They're open up early Sunday mornings at 6.30 a.m., the Lookout in EVA. All right, we've got the uh, Ryder Cup update, traffic update, and more coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, 7.51, we're live from Las Vegas, Sports Animals, ESPN, Honolulu, and uh, I got something on Twitter uh, happened uh, earlier, a lot of people are talking about this a little bit, Uh, Tanner Hayworth, thank you for the text, Um, so I guess Jacob Yoro's at some kind of press conference before they flew over here on Tuesday, and he said that, you know, what what we all know is um, that Hawaii's going to have more fans up there than they will, is what he said. So he's saying Hawaii's going to have more fans at the UH-UNLV game than UNLV was. And we have had more fans every time we've played them. Since we've been, you and I have been coming since 2007. There's always more Hawaii fans. Pretty than, much, yeah. Than, yeah, yeah. And, and that's just how the way we roll with the huge population here and the people that fly up. So the coach for UNLV uh, took exception to that. You know, he's making that like it's a locker room material or something like that. And I'm sure Jacob Yoro didn't mean it that way. It's just a fact. But Barry Odom said, hey, if that's the fact, if that's the case, if there are more Hawaii fans than UNLV fans, he said, then I'm not doing my job. He said, I know that people come up, you know, and they get some a lot of support on the road when they play UNLV. But it was like he was, you know, offended by the remark. And it's not, it's not trash talking. It's a fact. It's just a fact. You can look it up. Don't get mad at Yoro. Yeah, I mean, he's in his first year here, so maybe he obviously he hasn't experienced that. But I think it's also the natural reaction on his end to not say, okay, that's fine. Or just come up and say something. I'm not, I don't know why he would say I'm not doing my job, but I can understand what he means by that. He probably wasn't happy hearing that they will not have the home field advantage that they probably enjoyed against Vanderbilt and a couple of others. Yeah, part of the reason is nobody talks about you. One of the reasons why is, Nobody talks about UNLV football in Las Vegas. We have, uh, and, and Mark Yamashita is, uh, Andy. Andy Yamashita is going to join us from the Las Vegas Review Journal in a little while. And, you know, maybe we can ask him why. It's like, why do you cover UNLV football? That's his beat. But you don't write about it in the paper. If you go online to their website, I went through five pages of sports stories. A lot on Chandler Jones getting arrested. Uh, a lot on Raiders football. A lot on, it had more on the Las Vegas Aces. It had Bishop Gorman, high school football, five pages in. I'm reading about high school girls soccer and not a peep on UNLV football. 
One of the things I love about Hawaii is that we are the pro team. We're the only team in towns. We're not sharing the spotlight. But in a lot of cities, you know, you have to share it among the teams and the sports. Still, though, with their successful start, and they are the real only college team in town, you would think there'd be something at least well, about them. Well, they had they had lots on UNLV men's basketball. Yeah, yeah, they did. Not a, couple, a peep you know, on, yeah. U, on UNLV football. I, I find that crazy. I find that amazing as well. I mean, this is a this is a this is a not a this is not a small market. I, I get it. But when you're covering high school, nothing wrong with high school girls soccer. That's great. But I'm just saying, in any other town, even though it's a pro sports town, like you're in, in New York and you're, oh, it's all about the New York Giants. Who? Are they going to have boys or girls high school soccer before Rutgers? Actually, no. maybe. No. No, they don't. I mean, okay. as, as the colleges get pub, you don't really have much high school sports except for maybe basketball at certain points. But I, your point is, is well taken. You're, you're totally right about that. I mean, you would think they would get some coverage. And, I mean, that's one thing if they're 0-4, but they're not. They're actually, you know, right now having a winning season, right. which isn't always the case here. I think they'd be celebrating it and maybe dancing in the streets. No parades yet, but a little bit of a happiness there. But, I don't, again, I don't think there's a ton of UNLV fans like there might be for, the again, the Raiders, as an example, or some of the other sports. Yeah. It's still surprising, though. Yeah, it is surprising. And uh, anyway, so uh, uh, Andy Yamashita, Andy Yamashita is going to join us in about 40 minutes here on ESPN yeah. Honolulu. So we uh, look forward to that coming up. Also, um, Rainbow Wahine Soccer. And we're going to have Coach Bud in 10 minutes because they are first place in the Big West standings. How about that? And I, I did ask her to have Hazy by her side, so we'll see if she can add any comments. All right, Hazy the Wonder Dog and Coach Bud, Michelle Nagamine, uh, coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And um, all right, that and more. Having a good time. You have a good time at the uh, at, uh, at, at the blackjack table or anything yesterday um i didn't play a lot but i did play i lost a little bit yesterday not as successful as day one but still a good time and just seeing all the hawaii fans here you everywhere you run everywhere you walk you're running into a hawaii fan and having conversations about the game and everything i love the atmosphere here during game week and hopefully that will carry over hopefully everybody hopefully everybody will be real happy after the game tomorrow finishing up game week all right we'll be right back with the top three things you need to know and coach bud on espn honolulu Good morning. Just after 8 o'clock on your way in with the animals. We're here in Las Vegas. We'll have another traffic update for you coming up in a little while. Uh, top things you need to know. Congratulations to the Rainbow Wahine soccer team. They are in first place in the Big West. And Coach Bud's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. Four goals in that second half. I believe they've done that earlier this year. I think they might have even had five goals in a half. But that offense is starting to really do well. And again, that first place lead in conference play, that's where you want to be. All right, congratulations to uh, sophomore Amber Gilbert. She had two goals. Uh, also, Nicole Ando uh, helped in the scoring, along with Eliza Amendolia. So, good job and uh, Amber, by the Rainbow Wahine. Amber Gilbert, two, go uh, two goals you mentioned, six minutes apart, 70th and the 76th minute. Pretty impressive. Nice. All right, so, yeah, like we say, uh, they moved to 3-3-3 three, three, and three overall. More importantly, 2-1-1 one, one in the Big West. Uh, let's see, what else? Hey, game day. For the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team, uh, taking on Long Beach State, it's going to be a nationally televised game. 
So uh, let's go, Bows. Yeah, hopefully they can get the job done on the road. Long Beach State, a tough place to play, as Tiff Wells told us yesterday. He'll be on the call later today on CBS 1500. And it'd be nice to get a road victory. It's always good to have road win and hopefully maintaining that first place standing that they've had uh, since last week when conference play started. you got to win these games uh, against these opponents. Uh, Cal Poly will probably be the tougher one in league play, but it's nice to get a win against the beach in any sport. And uh, they'll play San Diego tomorrow at four o'clock uh so hopefully get a road sweep yeah and uh, head back with a couple of wins um united states is getting they got beat up yesterday by the europeans at the Ryder cup we've got updates for you twice an hour here this morning on espn honolulu so they're coming back a little bit and we'll have another update for you in 12 minutes on espn honolulu all right Coach Bud is joining us now. Thank you, Coach, for coming on with such short notice. Uh, we understand that Hazy the Wonder Dog is with you now. <laughs> you know what? I just left her. <laughs> How could you I do that? It's, it's all business today. All business. <laughs> you left her home alone? No, no, no. She's she's going doggy daycare today. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty cool. How much does that set you back? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, so, you know what? I didn't. I didn't have kids, and then I had a fur baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> coach, last night you're you're playing this game, and you're down one nothing at halftime. You have four goals, Amber Gilbert with the two, as we mentioned in that second half. What did you do at halftime with any adjustments? Why was the offense clicking in that second half? You know, I I've learned uh, as I as I'm as I've gotten older, I've learned that I need to be calm and I need to um, not get emotional, you know, at halftime. Sometimes you need to fire them up, but that wasn't the case last night. We just needed to get back to the basics, keep things simple, and, um, and, and do what we do well. And, you know, that's kind of what I, what I shared with them. And, um, you know, luckily I think, you know, uh, Amber Gilbert has, the, has been enjoying a very good season, but she also, you know, the road hasn't been easy. She's, She's had to wait a long time to play, coming back from two knee injuries. You know, it's just, it's something that she's worked very hard for. And being a marquee player and leading scorer, there's a lot of pressure that comes with, with that. She's double and triple teamed every game. And I thought she handled the pressure last night beautifully. We've seen your team several times this season have really impressive halves where you're scoring three, four, five goals. What is the key to the offense just overall having those outbursts like they do for a half of games at times that we've seen? Yeah, we found that when we possess the ball and we actually play early and not take, you know, touch after touch after touch, well, when we hold the ball too long, the passing lanes close down. And so when we move the ball and we triangulate and get in our good positions of, of support, um, it seems that good things are happening for us. So we will focus on that, you know, for Sunday against Irvine. Coach Bud with the Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Big win yesterday, and they've got another match tomorrow. Or, yes, or Sunday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday. When you talk about UC Irvine and what they accomplished last year, winning the Big West, obviously a critical game, but your thoughts on the matchup, what are the keys for Sunday's game? Game, you know, Irvine is a, is a very, very, uh, they have a lot of depth. They have a fantastic coach. They went deep into the NCAA tournament, to the Sweet 16 last year. And, wow. um, you know, during the season, I think they had seven ties last year. So they peaked at the at the right time. I remember talking to their coach, Scott Juniper, and I asked him, hey, how's it going? And he goes, I got more ties than Nordstrom. 
<laughs> I thought that was a that was a pretty good comeback. So you know, with um, with a coach, you know, he's English. He really he is a a student of the game. He knows the game inside and out, and is a is a a great tactician. So he gets his team very pumped up. They they're physical. They're they're fast. They have a lot of depth. They have a good goalkeeper. A lot of their uh, seniors took their fifth year and are getting graduate degrees now from UC Irvine and. They, they are carrying their team, and it's been it's, it's going to be a task, that's for sure. As of right now, you, of course, we just mentioned how they are the defending champs. Are they the biggest challenge right now in the Big West or maybe the most impressive team early on? The, the weird thing about the Big West is that the conference is always just this uh, kind of a seesaw. It's very up and down. You're going to have, you know, even though teams are, are supposedly at the bottom of the pack, you know, CSUN is getting ties against David. You know, so, and Davis is one of the top teams. So it's just, it's really anybody's game. And it's just about keeping the bodies healthy and just trying to find that consistency through the the very, very long season. So um, Irvine is a traditional powerhouse in the Big West, but Long Beach was picked to finish first. And then they lost to Davis yesterday. Does Hazy have an NIL? I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure what the other Big West schools are doing. <laughs> well, again, a great start last night. I mean, after the start a few weeks ago, uh, and I know you got the team on Sunday with that one nothing loss, but what a comeback last night in that second half, and hoping the same result on Sunday against UC Irvine. Coach, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We appreciate it, and give Hazy our best. Much love to Hazy. Okay, and good luck to all the bozos who are over in Vegas. I can't believe I'm not there. Oh. Um, hard 10, $25 hard 10. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, all right. take care. Bye-bye. All right. Michelle Nagamine, Coach Bud uh, with the Animals. That's big news. Uh, first place in the Big West standings. And, you know, early in the season, yeah, but uh, it's a great place to be up, up on top, isn't it? Yeah, and again, you want to qualify for the Big West Tournament a, and be, maybe get a better position by maybe keep, obviously keep on winning and you'll get a higher seed, maybe an easier path uh, if that means much, and it definitely means much because I think last time they made the Big West Tournament, they had, I think, the top team in the conference in the first round, so mm-hmm. that's a lot tougher. Right now, they are the number one team. They are the hunted. Okay, so there's – I haven't done the math. So they, they have uh, seven points, yes. which makes them – and. First place, and our record is two one and one. So I'm guessing you get a point for you get a point for um, uh, a win. No, you get a point for a tie. Okay, so you get two points for a win, one point for a tie. I think it's three and, points for a win. So three points for a win. How much you get for you a tie? One, three, and then how three, much you and get one. For a loss. You don't get any points for a loss. <laughs> so three, three, and one. They've gotten and there's two wins and one tie. There you go. More more ties than Nordstrom. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's a good line. Yeah. Nine minutes after, uh, we're uh, getting ready for, uh, um, of course, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball uh, coming up. And uh, it's on the road. It's Long Beach State. And it's great that it's on national TV. I've seen more and more volleyball. I mentioned that the other day about more and more um, women's volleyball on national TV, which is great for the sport. Yes. But with Hawaii being on, this is going to be great. Because Long Beach State, in you know, they're – I mean, they start the season off by beating the number one team in the country. Texas, right. And then they lose to some teams they're not supposed to lose to. I think they're 7-5 and five overall. But this is a team that in women's volleyball is, is a brand name. And to beat them 
on the road on national TV, that'll be nice. That'll be nice for Hawaii. It would be nice. Obviously, you want to maintain your first place standing and maybe being undefeated, maybe get more votes in the poll. But you want to beat your rivals on the road. You want to beat anybody on the road. Road wins are always a little bit tougher, obviously. Right. And uh, for this team, you got you, you got to take care of business. You can't afford a slip-up or a letdown. Again, now there is a Big West tournament this year, of course, but I think you got to be playing your best volleyball come November. But the road to that started last week or, two, uh, yeah, last week, and hopefully that will continue. Continue. And it won't be as easy, apparently, this week as it was last week with those two really fast sweeps. Right. Did Kate Lang win setter of the week again? Of course. Wait, so how many is that? Six. Well, five this year, one from last year, so six in a row. Six in a row. Yeah. Six in a row. Unbelievable. Unbe- it's been fantastic what she's accomplished. And, I, again, it's just you might, I don't think anybody else even looks at who might win it. You know, just expect it. It would be a letdown almost if she doesn't, but it wouldn't be, of course. <laughs> but she has just been on a roll. And Amber IGD was the offensive player of the week again as well. Yeah. We got to get Amber back on the show when she when they come back. We got her back on the show. She's a good friend of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we try to get some uh, player or two on this week, but with the travel schedule and everything, not able to. But next week, yeah, we definitely will have a player or two because they they just had another great season so far. And those two players, as well as Riley Wagner, who's been on our show and others, uh, really good team, a lot of depth, talent at every position, and uh, hopefully that's going to go a long way at a deep tournament run coming up. All right. Hey, I got the first uh, marketing. I got for some reason I get emails from UNLV, uh, the athletic department. I, I must have signed up for something at some point. I signed you up for it. Anyway, that's <laughs> well, thanks. But um, so they have the uh, you know an, you know email and you know know before you go type of deal to the stadium for UNLV fans, and it says uh, this is interesting. It says get tickets today before prices rise on game day. Interesting. They raise the price on game day of the tickets. That is really interesting. Um, wow, because I, I might be looking for tickets for somebody, and I saw the price range for lower level. They were like the 70, 80 range, uh, depending on how close you were. But uh, if you would think if you go to like a ticket broker, like say a StubHub or a SeatGeek that I use, the price usually drops on game day. But if you're going through UNLV, for whatever reason that is, it goes up. Which Again, it's not like they're going to be in high demand where it could be sold out. Yeah, but I think they're just trying to get, if you're, hey, you know what, if you're going to go, let's get a head count before we go in. And they got a good deal. Here's what they're doing is they have something called a, th- a three-game a, a three mini plan. So mm. for $90, you get tickets to three games. That is good. That's a, that's a, it's a very good price. So they're just trying to get, I guess, you're trying to get people in there. But um, if you're one of the first 1,000 fans, okay, to visit the Conexa table, it's located near the north entrance. Uh, you could get a free foam shaka. This is from UNLV. This is from UNLV, so they're making red foam shakas. They can't do that. We own the shaka. Barry Odom, the coach, is trying to make up for the lack of fans they're going to have against Hawaii, so he's trying to entice more to show up. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. That's a good collector's item. You don't, you, you wouldn't be waving it at the game. But that's something cool to bring back to your office and say, hey, look at this. they got shakas. Yeah, one-shot deal. They, I'm sure they don't do that in other games. But. Yeah. And uh, they've got also something going on, and I didn't see it on this email, but something is going on um, for it's, – it's in the pregame. I don't know if it's a tailgate or something that's going on, but they're raising money 
uh, UNLV is for Maui. Yes, I did see something along those lines, too, which is great. I mean, you saw Vanderbilt do that earlier this season. Of course, the basketball game coming up in a few weeks with Hawaii and St. Mary's. It's great to see some of these college teams uh, give give back and help the cause there. Yeah, it is very good. And speaking of uh, the St. Mary's game, we should we should have mentioned this before. They finally came out with a way to how you can buy tickets for the St. Mary's University of Hawaii basketball fundraiser. Well, yeah, the tickets are on sale. They're $20 for adults. I'll get the. Oh, money. that's not bad. That's, again, it's for that cause. I don't, I don't think anybody should even think twice about that. Right. And uh, a little bit cheaper for kids, and I'll get the exact number here in just a second. But they are on sale now for that. Uh, youths are $10. Youths! Uh, my cousin Vinny. Uh, for uh, ages 4 through high school, and again, all the proceeds going to um, the Maui cause, you can get tickets at e- eTicketHawaii.com. Com and the Simplify Arena box office. It is not part of the season ticket package, so if you did get season tickets for UH basketball, this is different because it's a special event added on. You have to get permission from the NCAA, and it's a charity event, so that's why they're allowed to add this game to the schedule. Yeah, this is kind of crazy, so you actually can do these kinds of things. I mean, um, is it because Maui, or can they do a kind of an exhibition fundraiser all the time for somebody? You have to get okay, permission. You get an extra game in. Well, you got to get permission. So, you, I mean, if you're going to say we just want to do it for whatever reason, you have to have a good reason. Like Michigan State. Well, say it, you're doing it for Shriners. Would they let you do that, I wonder? I, I would think they should or would, but there's a few other college teams having games. Kansas and Illinois are playing each other, all the proceeds going to Maui. Michigan State is playing somebody as well wow. in an exhibition game, all the proceeds going to Maui. All right, we get a uh, Ryder Cup update uh, from Italy. That's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM, 1420 AM. Find out more from Andy Yamashita from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, coming up in about 15 minutes on ESPN Honolulu. It's Sports Animals live from Las Vegas. We're at the California Hotel and Casino right outside the Cal Sports Lounge. And uh, hi to every hi hi to everybody who stopped by today. Uh, got an enthusiastic group here of fans. Enthusiastic group of the Bohana. They're selling a T-shirt upstairs. I it saw says that. Bohana. I said, oh, like the bows. I like it. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Hey, somebody texted in a few minutes ago, and we were talking about the Hawaii-St. Mary's basketball game, wanting to know the date and time. It is three weeks from today, Friday, October 20th at 7 p.m. All right, once again, uh, adults, 20 bucks, kids, $10, uh, net proceeds going to Maui Relief. Get your tickets, eTicketHawaii.com at all the usual places. All right, getting ready for um, Rainbow Warrior football tomorrow. Yeah, and we've seen, again, crazy games over the years here. Uh, Two years ago, I believe it was two years ago when Hawaii had that early score, Nick Bardner's, I think, 70-plus-yard touchdown uh, reception, and then it was kind of downhill from then on. They did make a late run, but too little, too late. Uh, We had Cole McDonald, I think, four years ago around there where uh, he led a last drive in in Sam Boyd Stadium at they, where they played back then and just couldn't get that touchdown on that last drive. But I, I just have a feeling, and, you know, people are asking us, and, you know, a lot of the conversation is how do you think Hawaii will do tomorrow? Again, we, don't, we have no idea. When, we, we don't have an idea as far as guaranteeing anything, Well, that lady that was going to bet, you told her to bet on Hawaii. Yeah, well, that's my point. I was getting to that. Oh, sorry. Was, uh, but, again, we, we're not going to guarantee anything. I just think, again, Hawaii, without trying to be biased, 
or even being a homer, I think they're going to, and I said this before the New Mexico State game, I think this is going to be a better sign of how good this team is or isn't on how they fare against teams on their level. Uh, it was a tale of two halves last week, as we all know, but I think Hawaii's got a chance against almost any team on their schedule now. I think Air Force is the really, really tough one. Okay, so why does why? Hawaii have a chance two reasons, of two against reasons. anybody on the schedule? Two, okay, I'll start with the second reason. First, is I, I think the Mountain West schedule that Hawaii has has without playing Fresno State, without playing Boise, who's been playing better the last few weeks. I think those other teams are kind of struggling. Uh, Utah State had a really bad loss at home. Wyoming's been good, but they've been in a lot of close games, and I know that's a road game later on in November. San Jose State has been struggling. They're 1-4 right now. Uh, Nevada, enough said. They're, 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 I just wonder what the talk show, uh, the show, the talk shows in Reno are having conversations about, because this is two years in a row where they are just at the bottom of the Mountain West Conference. So to me, and New Mexico, another bottom feeder, I think Hawaii's got a chance just because, partly because those other schools have struggled, and I think this team has the capability. There's talent there. Uh, we've talked about the offensive line so many times, and I think they've shown improvement. Still not where you want them to be, but with Hawaii having enough talent and showing you know, progress and improvement almost on a weekly basis. That's why I think Hawaii has a chance. Again, they could go two and six in conference, and I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised, though. I, I would be surprised if that happens. Uh, I just think, again, they have more talent than maybe people are giving them credit for. Maybe when the odds makers are looking at two and three and, you know, beating an FCS school you and New Albany and coming from behind to beat New Mexico State the way they did, you know, a close game, that they're not having a lot of confidence in this team. But, again, I throw out that one and three start, especially because it was Oregon, Stanford, and Vanderbilt with those losses. Uh, I, I just think this team can play on the level of the other Mountain West schools. They've got a running game that is not where people want it to be, but they've gotten better, and they've got more weapons now, yeah. and they're a little bit healthier. See, and the receivers with Nishigaya in there, I think, opens up that offense with the passing game even more. Not to be argumentative, argumentative you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Not to be that way, although when are we ever that way? Not us. No, but, you, you know, you can't say – I think we're going to beat. We can beat anyone on our schedule because our running game is getting better. I'm giving, that doesn't make sense. I'm to giving. Me. I'm giving a lot of reasons why I think they can beat anybody and except would, for maybe an Air Force. Right, but I would say, you know what? Here's why we're going to win. We're excelling at this. You're saying all of this stuff looks pretty good. Well, pretty good doesn't give you a winning schedule. Uh, it doesn't give you a winning record. It could. A, a, a getting better running game, meaning we used to get 88 yards a game. Now we have 103. Well, That's not going to win you football Well, games. the first couple of games, I think the brushing numbers were like 40 yards a game. So well, now, What's a brushing number? Not to be argumentative. But, again, I'm not just saying with the running. I'm saying when you put everything together. And I'll tell you this about the offensive line, which is the biggest concern on offense for this team. The lack of sacks. The minimum amount of sacks the last few weeks shows improvement. The lack of penalties, or again, smaller numbers and penalties, shows that they're getting better in certain areas that were a weakness for them, and a big reason why they've lost some of those games early on. Not the Oregon game, but the other game. Turnovers, sacks, and penalties. I mean, the sacks were six and five a game. Penalties, eleven and ten, and back to back. You know what? Weeks. Let's go. Let's go, let's bring it down to the lowest common denominator. How how do you how does a football team win a football game? Whoever wins in the trenches. No, it's say. whoever has the most points at the end of the game, huh. they win. Now, Hawaii had 20 points against um, 
UNL, uh, excuse me, uh, but against New Mexico State. Hawaii is averaging, what, 20 points a game, 23 points a game? That's not going to, you're not going to beat a bunch of people on your schedule in college football, especially in the Mountain West, by scoring 23 points a game. But, again, they had 20 last week, but that, that's almost irrelevant now. You're, you're right about that. You can say that, you know, before the season. You can say that in five weeks. But look who they're playing now. Look who they were playing before. I don't think they're going to get only 20 points a game. If you, they do, now, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. You had mentioned to me that UNLV had a similar schedule to Hawaii leading up to this game. I didn't say a similar. Well, in a yeah, way, they, they played they Michigan. Did, right. They so, played Michigan and Vanderbilt. Right, and, and, and they beat UTEP on the road. Yet they're averaging 34 points a game. Okay. So what you're saying about Hawaii is really what you should be saying about UNLV. No. I, I, again, I, I, when you look at averages and numbers. But you have to say why. I, I just, you I just can't gave, say they're getting because we're getting better at stuff. Why, why not? That is a why. Sure it is. Mm. They're getting better in certain areas of the game. But that, 20 points a game isn't good enough. It's, it isn't. But that, oh. does, that doesn't, just because they got 20 last week doesn't mean they're going to get 20 every week. This is a different team when you're going to look at what the numbers are going to be in Mountain West play. I don't think they're going to average only 20 points a game. I mean, when you look at the first four or five games of the season in New Mexico State, yeah, but they did get 20. But that was with a lousy first half. They had 17 in the second half. So you want to break it down to the smallest common denominator. They averaged 34 points yeah, a game. Yeah, but you're doing the, we beat everybody in the second half. But you're going with the 20 points a game, then that's not going to win games. You can't just base it on that. I'm comparing us to UNLV. And if you're going to, if you're going to say UNLV, Hawaii can, you know, what now Hawaii averaged 24 points a game last year. And we had three wins. If we average 24 points a game this year, I guarantee you, you'll have three more. You'll have three wins again. I doubt that very much. You know why? Mm. Because they're at two right now. So I think they're going to get more than one or two wins. I don't, you know what? I, I, no, if you had a if you had a defense like the Dallas Cowboys, then yeah, but we don't. We don't, but we're not. We don't compare us to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just saying our defense is. I'm not comparing. What I'm saying is our defense isn't going to win us any ball games. Oh, I think they could. I think they did last week. Yeah, zero yeah. points in the second half, eighty-eight they, yards of offense. They did. They did last week. Okay, are they going to do that against UNLV? Why can't they? Because UNLV is a much better team than New Mexico State. They are a better and team. And we're on the road. You keep forgetting these well, things. Well, you keep forgetting we're going to have rep- more reprimanded fans. for your comments. Again, you're you, so argumentative. Well, you, you can look at it from both sides, and I think we both bring up valid points. We do. Yeah. Uh, my main point based on that, though, is that there, you, you can throw some of that stuff out because it doesn't always work that way. Again, I'll go back to about what five, six years ago when Hawaii was favored by 21. They're a different team than five years ago. And they lost the game outright. And that probably shocked a lot of people. That We know that things don't always work out the way Vegas says it's going to work right. out or the paper, not the paper, but the stats say it's going to work out. Right, UNLV should win. And if Hawaii does what they did overall the last few games, they'll probably lose games. But I'm, I think they've I'm rooting better. for us, don't get me wrong, but I don't think you're going to have a winning season by just getting better. You've got to get a lot better to have a winning season. You've got to win five out of the next three. Five out of the next three? Well, five. that's going to be pretty hard to do. Five out of, you got to go five <laughs> and three of the rest of the season. They can do that. Uh, but And again, it's, 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 it's five out of the next three. That's impossible. <laughs> it's almost like hitting on 21. You know what You, you know what they need? They need Hazy the Wonder Dog. Enough said. Hazy the Wonder Dog, 
and Hawaii football. Maybe wins. they can put her on loan. Yeah, it's uh, eight thirty-one here in Las Vegas with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu, ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Coming up yet uh, next, Mark Yamashita from Las Andy. Vegas. Andy Yamashita. I'm, see on my thing it says Mark Veneri and Andy Yamashita, and for some reason I say anyway. Andy Yamashita is joining. Maybe his nickname is Mark. <laughs> His middle name is <laughs> Andy Mark Yamashita from Las Vegas Review Journal. He joins us next year on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, if you'd like to win some cash, you don't have to be in Vegas. At home, you can win a thousand dollars cash grand prize and a hundred dollar weekly prizes on our ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks. It's brought to you by M Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Uh, go ahead and register to play at ESPNHonolulu.com. Before we bring on uh, Andy uh, in a second here, we got a text that said, will you two stop arguing with each other? It's a turnoff. I think we were debating. Yeah. I don't think we were getting all mad, no, were we? No, no, All right. So thank you for listening. Anyway, oh, by the way, and we did get another text uh, about the uh, basketball game, the St. Mary's Hawaii basketball game fundraiser. When you go to E-Ticket Hawaii, you can't pick a seat because it is open seating. Yes. Yeah. So first come, first serve on that uh, open seating for that fundraiser. Okay. I turn it over to you. Okay, let's talk some UNLV football now, the opponent for it tomorrow. Joining us now, he covers UNLV and also the Las Vegas Aces for the Las Vegas Review Journal. But we're going to talk more football right now. Andy Yamashita is joining us. Andy, thank you so much for coming on our show. One of the questions I think a lot of people are curious on the Hawaii side, probably on the UNLV side, uh, who do you think will be the starting quarterback tomorrow (laughs) for the Running Rebels? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a question mark for sure. Obviously, Jaden Maiava, the redshirt freshman, has started the last two games. And he's been, you know, he's gotten the job done. But at least uh, a week ago when, when asked if, uh, uh, who was going to start, Coach Barry Odom said that Doug Brumfield is the starter until further notice. But, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a toss-up right now. Hmm. Who do you think gives them the best chance to win? I mean, Brumfield's been the starter for a number of years. We've seen what he's done against Hawaii and other schools in the Mountain West. But Maiava's done a pretty good job over the last two weeks, it seems. Yeah, you know, Brumfield didn't have the greatest start to the season. You know, they've got this new offense that they're installing. And Maiava's seemed like he's a little bit more comfortable in it. He's thrown for more yards, and he threw for the first touchdown in the system. So it'll be interesting for sure. Obviously, they're both dual-threat guys. They can both do a little bit with their legs, but Maiava's looked a little bit more comfortable in it so far, but you know, it's early in the season, and Brumfield, with his experience, probably can't be ruled out either. When you see what UNLV has done so far, that come from behind victory against Vanderbilt, the team that Hawaii has played, of course, and even the Michigan game on the road, it wasn't an embarrassing loss at all. I thought they were kind of competitive in that game. Are you at all surprised with what they've shown early on? Yeah, you know, it's been a good start for Barry Odom. They've taking care of business against Vanderbilt, taking care of business against UTEP. Like you said, the Michigan loss, it was against the number two team in the country. I don't know what else you could have expected. But, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a dream start, and they've been organized. They've been, you know, they've taken care of business on both ends of the ball. Their special teams have been really impressive, arguably the most impressive part of, of this team so far this season. And, yeah, you know, they, they look like they have, they're starting to form a bit of an identity, and, 
They're uh, starting to kind of play the football that, that Barry Odom talked about uh, when he took the job in early on. And, yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been an interesting development for them for sure. Andy Amashita from the Las Vegas Review-Journal joining the Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. The offensive coordinator is something Hawaii fans are familiar with. You didn't spend a lot of time at Hawaii, but Brennan Marion. I was like, he's done a pretty good job with the offense so far with the Red Rebels. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's funny when you talk about Brennan Marion, too. Like, you have to remember that the first hire for the offensive coordinator job was Bobby Petrino, who left. It's not like Brennan Marion's had as much time as some of the other coaches with this staff because he came on kind of late. But, yeah, I mean, he's got the offense. He's got a very strong idea of what his offense, the go-go offense, looks like. And, you know, the Rebels, like I said, they're still installing parts of it. But it's worked so far. And, you know, uh, they really gashed UTEP on the ground last week. Uh, Mayava threw for almost 200 yards the week before that. So it's, uh, it's definitely, like I said, there are some things they're still working on, but they've had some success so far. And, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, ball eligibility doesn't look like such a long shot for UNLV. Hmm. When I look at the running game, uh, Jaden Thomas stands out to me, not only with his number, well, the one number that stands out the most is 5.4 yards a carry. Yeah, yeah, he's a true freshman. He's been really good. You know, Odom talks about once once a kid gets in the program, they stop looking at the years and just look at how much impact they can have. But UNLV really has uh, a, a loaded running back room. Jaden Thomas has been really good. Vincent Davis, Donovan Lester, and Courtney Reese. You know, there's four different guys that they usually into UTEP who all got multiple touches. So it's a it's a, have a loaded room, and Odom's not afraid to rotate them. And also, Odom's not afraid to, you know, Give a guy some run when the other guys are just starting to get tired. So, you know, Jaden Thomas has been fantastic for them. He's been a great red zone threat. But they've got four guys who they feel comfortable giving the ball to. And uh, one thing that, Sorry, Andy. One thing that also stands out, I, I'm not sure if this is a typo, looking at some of the UNLV numbers. Again, a really good season so far. Do they only have one touchdown pass the entire season? Yeah, I believe that's correct. They had six rushing touchdowns as a team. Against UTEP, didn't really have to throw the ball. The one passing touchdown was a, I want to say, like a 48-yard strike from Mayava to Jacob DeJesus, I believe, in the yeah. Vanderbilt game, the late stages of the Vanderbilt game. Like I said, that's probably been the stuff that they're kind of working on right now is, is continuing to hit those big passing plays. But, you know, like I said, like, their, their rushing attack has been very good so far this season, and that's kind of been... They're calling card early, at least. So let me let me get this straight. Okay, no, uh, only one uh, pass uh, passing touchdown. Is this kind of a what would you say percentage pass to run does UNLV incorporate? Oh, man, I'd say is it it's like fifty fifty sixty forty. I was gonna say sixty forty run to pass off. You know, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, okay. obviously, but that'd be my guess on the top of my head. Right on. One mark for you, Andy. Yeah, we've been here all week long for the last three or four days, and we're looking at the Las Vegas Review Journal. I see your uh, article today about the Las Vegas Aces. Doesn't seem like there's a lot about UNLV football. Is that something that's normal? I mean, this is a, I mean, uh, a big game for Hawaii, obviously, but with the success UNLV has had early on, I thought there might have been maybe. I'm not sure if it's more interest or coverage, but your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think I think this is always an important game. Obviously, um, the whole Ninth Island showdown and everything that goes on with. Hawaii and Las Vegas, I think, it's always going to be a big game. You know, UNLV football hasn't 
traditionally been a, a great program, and so with everything that's happening in Vegas now, it, it hasn't always gotten the most attention, but I think we're starting to see some interest grow, and, you know, if they keep winning, Vegas loves a winner, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Can't wait for the game tomorrow. A lot of Hawaii fans here. Should be a great atmosphere at Allegiant Stadium. Andy, thanks for giving us a little insight on UNLV football. We look forward to the game tomorrow. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, very cool. There he is. There you got the latest. We don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. I didn't know that Brumfield struggled in the beginning of the season. That's something new that well, I, I guess learned. When you see only one touchdown, they average 190 yards a game passing. Not a whole lot for a team that's had success. It's obviously the running game that's done a lot better. Right, the running game, he said 60-40 just off the top of his head. So it might be 70-30. I mean, if Hawaii can't stop the run, you might as well do, you know, 100-0 or 99-1 to as far as, uh, you know, how often you're going to run the ball. I'm trying to – I was trying to get a um, a thought of is this is – they're playing smash mouth football? Well, what, you know, one of the things that's really interesting when I look at the numbers, they average 190 yards rushing and 190 yards passing a game. Right. That's a 50-50 split there. Well, they run the ball more. Uh, well, no, what I'm getting at is how many uh, – the percentage of plays – how many play calls mm. are runs and how many, you know, the, the yardage doesn't matter, but how many play calls are, are we right. going to have to worry about, you know, stopping the run? That's the thing. It's just I still am not real comfortable uh, with us stopping the run. Uh, again, improvement and comparing to uh, UNLV's defense, Hawaii has done a better job stopping the run. Overall, Hawaii's done a pretty good job overall where UNLV has struggled more against the pass of the run, but right. Hawaii's done a better job in improving their numbers. And, of course, when you are running the ball successfully, that's keeping Hawaii's offense off the field. So right. we need those shaker bombs a-flying. Hopefully we'll see a lot of those tomorrow. We saw a lot of those in the second half last week, so it'll be nice to see a few more of those. All right. Andy Yamashita from the Las Vegas Review-Journal talking UH and UNLV, and that uh, was brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. Uh, Coming up, we've got a Ryder Cup update from Italy. That's on the way. We'll be back with more texts and more Rainbow Warrior and Wahine coverage on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Happy Aloha Friday, live in Las Vegas. It's the animals from the Ninth Island here on ESPN Honolulu and up for grabs the island, what is it? Island Showcase Throwdown. What? Ninth Island Showdown. Uh, Thank you, Tanner. Uh, We did get some texts. You can get uh, some texts. Best way is to text the Zephyr Insurance text line here, 808 296 1420 and mine is not uh, re-setting. Uh, okay, I got one up. here talking about one of the craziest UH wins over UNLV was on November 22nd, 2014. UH down 35-31, 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. UNLV penalized for two unsportsmanlike calls after their touchdown. UH scores with 15 seconds to win 15 seconds left to win 37-35 on senior night. That was Marcus Kemp, I believe. Right. That's right. We talk about that a lot. And that touchdown pass where he was on the – it was like, was he on the goal line? Did he make it – was he in the end zone? Uh, that was that was pretty crazy. That was, that was good. Um, you know, I'd be happy with a result like that here. <laughs> oh, sure. That might have been Norm Chow's biggest win as a head coach. Sure. Oh, it was. You know, you know one of the Both most one of the few. The, one of the most frustrating games, and I don't need to go right, you know, go in the toilet now with negativity. But one of the fr- most frustrating games was under Norm Chow when Drew Brown 
was the quarterback. You remember that game? Yeah, yeah. And it was they were you know they had so many shots at the end zone, at the end to win the game, and it was just it. I don't know. I don't know if it was play calling or what, but it was that was a frustrating one. Over, over, incomplete, 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 incomplete. Yep. Overthrown. It's like, oh my gosh. I believe there were four on that possession. We should have won that game. The red zone or right around the twenty, and they couldn't get it done. And yeah, I remember. The, I think the last pass was an overthrown pass. But you thought the momentum and everything were perfect ending to the game. Another one when we were here years ago at Sam Boyd Stadium. Oh. When Hawaii had a couple of penalties on UNLV's last drive, and they got that game-winning field goal. That was Trayvon Henderson with the face mask. I yeah. Right. What about Trayvon? Yeah, and was yeah. was that the same game where we were standing in the end zone, and they had the game-winning touchdown throw about five feet from us? I remember that as well. I can't remember if that was the same one or not. I thought the other one was a field goal that won it, but there were two last-second finishes basically, or last-minute wins for UNLV on those plays. And uh, yeah, crazy things have happened here. There's been some exciting games here, and like you've said, the home team seems to always win. Again, I don't think the home – we've said it too many times, and Jacob Yoro talked about it earlier this week. The home field won't be quite the same for the Rebels tomorrow. The, the home field advantage home won't field be advantage. the same. You know what I miss, though? I, I'm, Allegiant Stadium's nice. It's, it's shiny and new, and it's nice. I miss – I like the Sam Boyd Stadium. I like the fact that because it's so small and so personal – that all the Hawaii fans, the moms and dads, mm. the families would, after the game, be right up there on the front row, and the, the players would actually, and they, they'd come down on the field, some of them, and they didn't seem to mind, you know, the as far as the stadium staff. So they got to actually be with their loved ones right after the game. So that's I, I kind of missed that. That was a unique uh, a unique thing to Sam Boyd Stadium. Kind of something we have at home now up on campus with the families getting to go down yeah, to uh, the field right, after the game right. as well. But that's, but, but that's what they've always had that here in Las Vegas, and that stopped a couple years ago. Right, that locker room is right near, the, is right at the end zone, basically, and it's not really a lot of security, so they're able to do that. But uh, one thing that you write about, the Hawaii fans are all in one side. We're at Allegiant, the only time we've been here with them two years ago. They were, they were all on one side, but they were kind of spread out because of the size of the stadium as well. Right, 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 right. And, and you know, there's a, you'll see a lot of green, a lot of black and green, or a lot of, a lot of fans there. And that's why I, I, we should have asked Andy from the newspaper a little while ago um, it, what he thought. Because Jacob Yoro seems like he's a bad guy, you know, at least to UNLV fans. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we're, we're going to have more fans than they are up there. Again, he's just stating a fact. Yeah. We always have more fans than you. You know, partially because their newspaper doesn't write about them. Nobody cares about you. So many other things to do, as Andy said, so many other sports. But you know what? I I take that as not necessarily the defensive coordinator for Hawaii or trash talking. But if I'm the coach, I say, look, go look at today's paper. No one cares about us. Do do something. Do something this season. That's going to make people notice you. And right now, they have done something up until this point, but which is surprising. Enough. It's not enough, not enough, apparently. And that not is, enough. I am High school girls soccer, big things are going on. Bishop Gorman always gets more yeah. uh, attention in the press than UNLV football. Raiders and the Aces, the WNBA team, is right. the front page, and then the big fight tomorrow with Canelo is also in the front. Page. Right. And look, you are a, 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 a worldwide hub for sports. I get that, but at the same time. 
I mean, not even a footnote in the paper. I think you take that as locker room material if you're Barry Odom. Yeah, not even a footnote. That's still amazing. Hopefully there won't be much on Sunday because they'll lose tomorrow. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, Kanoa Leahy uh, coming up at 12 noon off the bench at 3 o'clock. We'll see you at the football game, or we'll uh, hear you on the radio with uh, Mark and those guys. Anyway, we've got to go. ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.